welcome to the Modern Mamas podcast. We're two modern mamas with a goal to inspire empowerment, self-love, deep physical and spiritual nourishment, holistic health, and joy, no matter your journey, gender, or perspective. I'm Laura of Radical Roots. I'm a certified CrossFit trainer, certified nutrition consultant, and mama to Evie Wilder. And I'm Jess of Hold the Space Wellness. I'm a level one CrossFit trainer, a licensed and certified athletic trainer with a master's in kinesiology, and mama to Bear and Camille. Please note that while we're here to provide advice and insights, we aren't medical practitioners and always recommend that you check with a trusted provider before implementing any changes. Thanks for joining us. We are so happy you're here. Hi, friends. Laura here for the first ever solo episode of the Modern Mamas podcast. I have been getting a ton of questions about what I'm feeding Evie and how we got started and what foods I'm doing when and why and when I'm feeding her and breastfeeding and this and that and the other thing. And I decided why not jump on here and record a solo episode and let you guys know kind of what I've been doing, how I've been doing it. Um, with the caveat that I am not an expert and also prefacing with, please go back and listen to our episode with Megan Garcia on baby's first foods, because man, is it loaded with information. Um, so before I jump in as per usual, I want to give you guys some updates. It's not quite as fun without the back and forth banter between Jess and I, but I figure why not share some of my own. Um, first though, I'd like to say cheers. I'm sitting here think, with a glass of wine, just finished up. I say finished up. I mean, not really just wrapping up a Sunday evening, um, of a weekend of solo parenting. Rusty left on Friday morning at his, um, ride came to pick him up at, I think 4 AM. He flew out of SFO and went to Canada for a CrossFit Kids seminar. And then tomorrow morning, which will be Monday, he flies to San Diego where he meets me. I fly out about 3 p.m. And I have two days of two and a half days of work meetings for CrossFit. And so I'll bring Evie. I'll fly down. He'll meet us there. And then he'll be on dad duty while I'm in days of meetings and he'll bring her to meet a nurse. So um, this weekend was really awesome. On Saturday, I went to a baby shower um, for a good friend of mine named Cheryl, where I got to see some wonderful old friends from NorCal CrossFit back where I started my entire CrossFit journey, which was so fun. And what's crazy is Miranda has a baby. My friend Cheryl is pregnant. My friend Molly is pregnant. So there's like my friend Jen is um, newly engaged. So there's all these, everyone's kind of like starting a new chapter and it's very exciting and it's fun to see how life ebb and flows. A lot of them were very, very high level athletes. And now it's just cool to see how things are changing. Miranda, for instance, started street parking and now she's talking about like she works out 45 minutes a day in her garage. Um, And I just love seeing the kind of transition through life of um, women who are still so empowered and so proud of their bodies, but kind of in a new way. And I think it's just really cool. So that is one thing. So Saturday we did that. Today I did not socialize with any adult the entire day and I loved it. So I woke up and um, I thought I was going to go to the gym and bring Evie. And then I was like, you know what? I just feel like having like a very slow day. And so... She slept in a little bit, um, and then we ate breakfast, or I had coffee. She, I fed her, so we'll get into that. Um, I did a little home workout with her, and then uh, we took the dogs for a nice long walk, and then we, um, and then I just took Evie, and she and I did a nice long hike on West Cliff and went into Natural Bridges, and then 
then we went and had a lunch date and I'll get more into that. And then, um, and also something else I want to touch on about that lunch date, but, and then we went and just hung out at a park and I laid down a blanket and I read and she crawled all over me and rolled around and, um, we nursed and it was just like really awesome and got home and just got all ready for the trip tomorrow. And it was the first time I think that, um, I'm really, I mean, not the first time, but something I'm really kind of what's resonating with me is that she is now kind of like my bud. Um, and her personality is just shining and we get to spend time together and I like to go a full day and not miss adult interaction. I'm sure if it was multiple days, I would, but I just really enjoyed my time with her and, um, getting to know her better every day and falling more in love with her and just realizing like who she is and her little soul. It's just been very cool. And I also notice, you know, cause like one thing, one of the things I struggle with and Jess and I are actually recording a modern working mama's episode soon, but working from home is a blessing, but it's also very hard because one thing that's really becoming more apparent to me is that as she becomes more aware she sees me looking at my computer all day. And so to me, like there's a little bit of a, um, a struggle there. So what's been really wonderful about Rusty being gone on the weekends, the silver lining, of course we miss him like crazy, but, um, I don't work at all. I actually recently just, I sent a set, a, um, vacation respond, responder, <laughs> responster, transponster a vacation responder email, <clears throat> like an automatic email that goes, if anyone emails me on the weekends, it just says, Hey, I spend the weekends with my family. I likely won't get back to you till early in the week. And I, but I look forward to, you know, reading your email on Monday. And so that to me, even though like no one's expecting me to answer on the weekend, but it just gives me a peace of mind and like me and out. And so that's been really powerful. And then like trying not to really get onto social media, direct messages and whatnot. I'll post a little bit on my stories and stuff, but just not really, not really taking anything in, just kind of like putting some stuff out there. And then it's also going to be there when I come home on Monday or come back to it on Monday. So that's been powerful. And I can see a difference in her. Like she was just so giggly today and smiling and they pick up on this stuff. They know. So it was nice to be able to give her pretty much undivided attention most of the day. And then I answered a few emails while she napped and, um, it was nice. So I just, I really love my time with her and I feel so grateful that I have a lot of wonderful friends here who support me and spend time with me and love to hang out when Rusty's gone. But it was nice to have a day that was just us two. Um, I really kind of just reveled in that. So that was nice. Um, couple, one other thing I want to mention before I dive in is what's kind of been fresh on my mind it, lately is this concept of, um, as a female of taking up space and how for so long and still to this day, Oftentimes, especially in society, women are expected to be smaller or quieter or more reserved. And if they speak up, they're a bitch. And I could go into a whole episode on this, I'm sure. And I won't because that's not the point of this episode. But um, my friend Steph Goudreau has been talking a lot about this. She's from Stupid Easy Paleo. And um, I just had two interactions this weekend that both made me kind of be like, well, shoot. Um, it, I, it doesn't really happen to me very often. And I try to ensure that I hold the space that I'm in. And I, when I'm walking like through the airport, I don't move out of the way for if men are walking or if, like a man is walking towards me. And that's not like me being a jerk. It's me being empowered. And can you hear my dog snoring in the background? I hope not. Anyways, it's me feeling empowered and, um, like worthy of the space that I hold. And so two things happened this weekend and I just feel like sharing them because it's kind of my way of processing on Saturday, no Friday morning. Um, it was just Evie and I and took the dogs for a walk and it turned into this kind of like pretty intense workout where I hit all these hills going up and down. And it was just, I was in such good spirits. I felt really good. My body felt strong and I'm walking down this hill and Evie had fallen asleep. 
and I had the dogs and this guy's walking down his driveway and I know he meant well, but he was like, Hey, let me pet. Like not even can I, he was kind of like, I'm going to pet your dogs. And I was like, no, like, sorry, my, my baby's asleep. I'd like to keep her asleep. My dogs get very worked up. They get very excited and jumpy. And, and I knew that they would kind of like pull me and, and jostle. And he didn't listen to me and he walked with the dogs anyways. And it was like, Oh, he's not gonna, I don't want to see the baby. I just want to pet your dogs. And I was like, no, we're going to keep walking. Like I was so, I was kind of just taken aback in that he didn't respect my wishes to not, you know what I mean? And it's something, and some of you might think this is super petty and it, it kind of is, but also on some levels, it's really not because I made a request and I asked him, I told him that we were going to keep walking and he just blew it off and I felt disrespected. Um, so that was one thing that kind of just, and I, and you know, I wish in the moment I had said a little bit more and kind of spoken my mind, but at the same time I wanted my kid to sleep. So I just kept walking. Um, and that was just one thing. And then the second one, I was at uh, staff of life getting lunch from the hot bar. And there was this couple that were like kind of here and I had the cart and I was wearing the kid and there's space between like two rows of hot bar. And, um, I had to kind of scoot left a little bit to go around this couple with the cart and this guy, we kind of did that little dance, you know, like he kind of went left and then went right. And he goes, you need to, you need to stay right basically telling me what space I was allowed to hold. And I know it's kind of one of those things where it's like, that's the typical etiquette is that you stay right. But I was moving around these people and I felt like I had the right of way in this case to move around them and to move forward. Um, and he was annoyed that I went first and that I held, that I took that space. And so for me, you know, and I just, you know, I looked at him in the face and I just kind of like smiled in this way that was like, you know, I, but again, I kind of wish I had said more because, um, I feel like the more we speak up and the more we hold our space, the, the less often that kind of thing will happen. Um, he was a jerk. His tone was jerky. He felt like it seemed like he was entitled, like I needed to get out of his way. And I was just, you know, it's another one of those things where like typically, especially in Santa Cruz, it's a very kind of like crunchy town and people are very like pro women's rights. And I am by, I am a feminist for sure, but I'm also, I don't like, I don't think all men are out to, um, belittle women by any means. And I, and I appreciate, and I'm grateful for the place that I live and the fact that I am for the most part, like 95% of the time, I am not just like respected by men, but I'm raised up by the men in my life. And so these two instances, two days in a row, just kind of like threw me off a little bit. Um, and so I just, I felt like bringing some attention to it. I felt like this is a good podcast, a good place for women to speak up about this kind of thing. And I'd love to have, maybe we'll have Steph on or someone similar on. Um, I need to ask her, by the way, I've been thinking about that to kind of just come on and talk about how women not were worthy of holding space and of taking up room and of, you know, feeling worthy and all these things. So just a little snippet on that to, before I get into the totally unrelated topic of feeding my kid, but it's actually not that unrelated because kind of like transitioning into that, there's this whole, I think, kind of, um, issue with dogma specifically for moms, right? Where like, we are always open to judgment. We're always open to ridicule and society has kind of made us feel afraid to follow our instincts when it comes to things like feeding our own kid to, um, all kinds of things, right? Like their development, the way that they, the way that we handle when they cry, should, do we need to sleep train them? Do we need to do this? Do we need to do that? And we're always looking to outside resources to tell us what to do. And so I think that feeding our kids is one of those situations where, um, 
we need to, or we should, and I kind of hate both of those phrases, but it's important that we listen to our gut more than anything else. And I think, I know I've had, I've asked myself a couple of times, like, why am I not more afraid of her choking? And I think it's because early on in this journey for me, I've been um, very supported. I've put a lot of work into my headspace and I really trust my intuition. I trust my gut. I trust my kid. And I trust that I know her well enough to be able to pick up on signals and signs that would tell me whether what I'm doing is right, whether what we're, and it's not just what I'm doing, it's what we're doing together. It's like this, this, um, journey that we're taking together, something as simple as eating, right. Which is a, is an innate human, not just an an ability, but like a need, a necessity that we have um, lost touch with. And you see this from childhood, from babies, right. Infants, six months old, who are getting their first foods all the way to now you have women who think that they need someone to like tell them how many macronutrients to eat and, and what low fat, high fat, low carb, high, high carb, how many calories I need to be tracking. I need this, this fitness pal, whatever. Um, and I'm going on a tangent because that's what I'm going to do because this is a solo podcast and I have no one to really back in, but I think it starts now. I think it starts at six months. I think it, I think that, um, it's important that we listen to our baby's cues, that we watch them eat. Excuse me. I need a sip. Um, that we watch them eat, that we pick up on their cues, that we don't force them to eat, that we don't like do a distracted eating technique where we like give them a toy and then like put food in their mouth. So they're not paying attention. I think what's really important and kind of just prefacing this whole thing is that we pay attention to their cues, that we um, feed them when they are open to being fed <laughs> and want to eat, that we stop putting giving them food when they're ready to stop. Because what happens is if we don't listen to their cues, that's when we see men and women as adults having no ability to eat intuitively because even from a very young age, they weren't given or able to develop that skill and that intuition on their own. And so that's kind of where my whole headspace has been with feeding her. Um, it comes from a place of, I don't want food to be good or bad. I don't want food to be moral. I don't want food to be forced. I don't want food to be deprived. Um, I want food to be something that she eats when she's hungry and when she feels like she needs to eat. Um, and that being said, I'm definitely being very selective with the foods that I put in front of her, but I don't have to really be selective because I feed myself and my husband very well in terms of like, that's one thing that we're not willing to, um, skimp on. We eat very nutrient dense foods. We eat very well. And so the things she's eating are just things that we have in our fridge or at this point, things that we just have on our plate that she's reaching for. Um, and so she's not getting, I'm not cooking her anything special. I'm roasting her up or cooking her up some stuff that I, I'm making for myself or that is just there in the freezer or the fridge or the pantry because it's something that we eat on a daily basis. So for me, it's kind of just been, it's been very simple. Um, and I've treated it a lot like I've treated, um, a lot of the other things that we've done and that I'm really trying to follow her signals and I'm not trying to force anything. And I'm really trying to listen to my gut. Um, and so, uh, I guess I'll just dive in on that note and start from, the beginning, I guess, and then I'll dive into some of your questions. Um, I just wanted to give you a little bit of a preface of like why I am doing things the way that I am. So another sip, I'm sipping on a Sauv Blanc that is from Mendocino and it is what I love is I'm really focusing now on, cause 
just now speaking to my own nutrition intake is, um, I noticed that sulfites, I think give her a little bit of gas, at least they did when she was itty bitty. And I'm fine having a glass of wine, maybe even two spread out over time and then nursing her. But in any case, this has no added sulfites and it's made from organic grapes because to me that matters. So cheers again. Hopefully you guys don't leave a bad review about me sipping wine while I talk. Um, so from the beginning, let's see her very first food was a strip of steak. Um, and so what we did was we were just at my parents for dinner and my dad had grilled up this like beautiful, my, my parents have really been speaking my love language in that. Um, Oh no. Is it still recording? I totally thought it stopped on me, but we're here. We're good. Anyways, my dad has been speaking and my mom have been really speaking my love language and that when we come over to eat, they know what matters to me. And so they always buy grass fed, uh, beef or steak, which means the world and organic veggies and everything's very sweet. That started like once I was, when I was pregnant. So, cause I knew how much it mattered to me, what I was giving her anyways. So we went over there and they cooked this beautiful, my dad grilled up this beautiful tri-tip hundred percent grass fed all the things. And, um, she was sitting on my lap. I was holding her while I was eating and I just nursed her, I think at the table. And then, um, cause that was always my trick, right? I'd nurse her while I ate. So I had a free hand. And so she was distracted, but now that's all out the window because she just reaches up with one hand while she nurses and grabs the food. But in any case, um, she reached for a slice of steak that I had and she, so I was like, okay, here we go. This is what I was really doing was I was waiting for her to give me a sign that she was ready to eat. Um, and that she was ready for food. And so I gave her a big old piece, so big enough where she couldn't swallow it, but she could hold it with one hand and she sucked all the juice out of that. And so I was like, okay, she's ready. And so from then on, I've kind of just been following the same rule where I just kind of listen to her, listen to and follow her cues when she starts reaching. And then once it became like, so I think probably for the first like week or so, we would just have her, um, with us when we ate and if she'd reach, we'd give her some. And in the beginning we, we avoided like stuff with a lot of spices and dairy. Um, and I'm not eating any grains right now or sugar. So those two things, it doesn't really, it's like she, she's not going to have them anyway. So we, we wanted to wait on eggs, dairy, and, um, heavily spiced foods just to kind of play one thing by ear because I had a lot of spice aversions when I was pregnant. And she seemed to get gas early on, even when I would eat really like spiced foods um, and nurse her. So in any case, we just kind of followed her lead. And then she started reaching more and more for foods. And um, so I started, so I, that I, I thought that bo- we always have bone broth in the fridge. So it's like, that's a great first thing to offer her because um, I don't really drink bone broth. So it's not something she would have thought to reach for. So I started heating her up bone broth. And that's the kind of, that, that was the first thing that I started doing on a regular basis. So like every morning while I drink my coffee, I'd warm her up some bone broth on the stovetop, which if you guys seen, I just put it in a little mason jar and warm it up like that. And she actually likes drinking like out of cups and things. So I just let her drink straight out of there. Um, those of you who followed our saga, we haven't had a ton of success with bottles. So I just let her drink it out of there. Um, and then I started mixing it with some breast milk and that's the first time she ever actually took a bottle. So bone broth was the first thing that we started doing regularly. And then I tried purees and you guys, she just isn't into it. And what I've come to learn by paying very close attention to my kid is that she really likes to feed herself. So unless she's like drinking out of something like sipping on something or sucking on a piece of steak, but still like out of her own hand, um, 
she likes to feed herself. So I've been doing a lot of butternut squash because we have uh, multiple bags in the freezer of uh, already cubed butternut squash that was on sale. So what I'll do is I'll, I'll, when I warm up the broth, I'll throw some cubes in there and let it get warm so it can be mushed. And she loves coconut butter. And so I'll just mush that with like coconut butter or coconut oil, add some dulse flakes. And I'm not going to get into like the science behind the nutrients necessarily, because we talked about that with Megan, but the, the things that I try to get in on a, at least like every other day basis are a probiotic, a prebiotic dulse flakes and vitamin C, the Kamu Kamu powder. And all of those can be found in my, um, baby essentials post. So you can check that out, but, um, and then you can also look at Megan Garcia's stuff to see, and I'll link to all this in the show notes, but in any case, um, so I'll mash that up and then I'll, uh, feed her that she likes, she'll suck stuff off my finger, but mostly she wants now at this stage, she wants me to just plop big piles of it in front of her. And then she wants to eat it herself. Um, and if you guys have been following along on Instagram, you'll see that one of her absolute favorite foods is sauerkraut. So she really likes sour stuff. She loves the living cultures, coconut yogurt, um, things that are very sour. She doesn't, I've tried, I wanted to do a little bit of banana because I wanted to mix it with, um, the U S wellness meats liverwurst for just like a textural thing. Um, and she doesn't like it. She doesn't like the sweet things. So butternut squash is like the sweetest thing she likes. She tried some blueberries. She actually did like those, but then I tried them again later that day. She didn't really. Um, and in terms of introducing stuff, well, I'll get to the questions, but so that's how we kind of like slowly progressed in. Um, and I was trying to do like regularly in the morning, just pull whatever we had in the fridge and feed her. And she started to kind of get like a little bit over it. Um, so if she shows, so basically if I have a day where I put her in her little high chair thing and put food in front of her and she's entirely uninterested, I don't try again until she starts showing interest again when we eat. So this week, for instance, I think it was Tuesday or Thursday. I put her in the seat and I like had whipped her up. I forget what I even made her. I think it was like some butternut squash and avocado or something. And, um, she just didn't even want to have anything to do with it. I've only tried like true purees twice and she is not into it. She wants things to be chunky to be able to hold them in her hand. So I gave her like really chunky, um, butternut squash mixed with avocado. I think it was that I can't really remember. And she just wanted nothing to do with it. So I was like, all right, took a couple days off. And then I think two days later I was holding her while I ate and she started reaching for like, and just, she's, I was eating like a, a rainbow bowl. If you guys have seen that, um, I'll link to that recipe too. But, um, she just started reaching in like devouring anything that I put in front of her. So I just like, like swipe with my finger and put it in her mouth. And at this point I'd already done yogurt. So I let her have some of the goat cheese in there and both those things have been fine. Um, when I introduce something, I'll just kind of dive into this a little bit now. I just do that. And then, and then I just kind of see how things go. And I make sure that I'm introducing a new thing with other things that I know she's already eaten. So at that point she'd already had the other things in that bowl. And so when she had some of the goat cheese, I knew that that would be the only thing that was new. Um, and she loved it. And she just like, she started eating my chicken. Like, and now all of a sudden you guys, and I was, I was a little bit, I guess one thing that kind of concerned me or didn't concern me, but that I was curious about is that in the beginning, she was having a lot of issues with texture. So, um, like purees, especially just, she would gag every time and, and I'll get into that, but I'm not really worried about gagging period. But, um, she did not like the texture at all. She wanted to suck on things or, or, and that was kind of it or drink. And now it's just, it's been her own progression. And so tonight, um, I was eating dinner and I was giving, I gave her some like big chunks of butternut squash, um, with coconut oil and dulse flakes. And 
she's actually like, she only has one tooth, but she's doing the chewing motion with her jaw. And that's really fun to see. And she's actually like, like swallowing. Um, and so it's, it's been cool to just see her progress on her own. And I think by giving her lots of different textures, it's really helping her to, um, to learn those, like how to chew and how to do that chewing motion and how to swallow different types of foods and something she just spits out. Um, and some things she swallows and I'm just like, I'm just okay with it. Um, and so that's kind of how we've gone through is that I just, and then, so if she shows a lot of interest again, then that next day I'll actually like set her in the thing and feed her again. Um, and some weeks like this past week, she's really until about today, yesterday, actually, she only wanted to eat food that was on our plates. And so we rolled with it and that was fine. Um, and so we're just kind of like following her lead, as I've said multiple times now (laughs) and, uh, going from there. So hopefully that helps clarify a little bit. Um, I'm loving on weekends the past three weekends rest has been gone. I've taken her to staff of life. I love their hot bar. It's amazing. And so I get like, I fill my bowl and I usually, or my like to go container thing or whatever. And then I sit down to eat and I'll nurse her first because, um, she's usually hungry at that point. Like we've typically gone and hiked or whatever. Um, and then once she starts showing interest, like she'll turn herself and kind of like start reaching for my bowl. So then I'll start giving her little bits and I always get their chicken, which is amazing. And then I let, I eat the meat off the bone. I give her some of the meat. And then once I, I make sure the bone is like clear of anything that could, any like bones that could come off. Um, I let her suck on the bones and that's been one of her favorite things. She loves sucking on the ends of, uh, cooked chicken bones. And like, there's a lot of great stuff that she's getting out of there. There's the marrow and the cartilage that she's sucking on. And those are all very nutrient dense foods. Great way to get iron in great way to get just like really reparative food. So, um, I let her do that. And it's just, for me, it's also very fun. It's very bonding. We're both eating, we're enjoying it together. She's like, she'll laugh and she'll eat a little bit. I'll eat a little bit. And I just think it's kind of a cool way for us to connect. So, I love that. It's like our, it's our date. So now instead of where like a few months ago, I was like, okay, hopefully I can distract her long enough, like with a toy or whatever, so I can get my food in. And now meals for me during the week have become kind of like a really cool moment where I can, um, if she's interested, then I, you know, I share with her and that's fun for me. So just kind of changed my, um, perspective on, mealtime. And now it's something that we share. And we've also scooted her bedtime back a little bit. She kind of did that naturally, but we followed her lead. And so now she's awake still for when we eat dinner. And um, it's just another another opportunity for us all to be together. No screens and for her to um, show us if she's interested in eating. So that's kind of just like where my headspace is in all of this and how I'm doing it. And I know that everyone's in the same situation. Some babies have nutrient deficiencies and, and mom has to, mom and dad have to be a little bit more, um, proactive in getting certain things in. Um, but for us, this is what's working really well. Um, I know that my breast milk is pretty loaded with nutrients. I'm eating a ton of fat right now and my milk supply is great. And so we have a good nursing relationship. So I understand like we have every parent has a very unique situation. So again, I'm not an expert. This is just what's working well for us. Um, so I'm going to dive into some questions and see what you guys have, um, asked because why not? Let's do it. Oh, I'm just on here kind of rolling with it. Opening my, I take the screenshots of your questions. A sip. Okay, here we go. So So 
So how did I gauge Evie's readiness to start solids? Um, I think I pretty much already answered that. I just kind of have paid attention to her cues. Um, her reaching, I'll never forget her reaching for that piece of steak and then me handing it to her and she just sucked it dry. So if you guys are looking for, so iron is one of those things that's insanely important for little ones. And, uh, so, um, if you're doing like poultry, try and go for the darker cuts of meat. Um, and then if you can get liver in, that's incredible. Uh, we've done some liverwurst and some cheese head, some, um, us wellness meats, and I've got more in the freezer. I'm going to pull out and then we do a lot of bone broth and we do a lot of, uh, steak, um, so she can get her iron in. And then the, the camu camu powder, that vitamin C, um, really helps with absorption. So that's one. What else do we have? Um, how did I start? What types of food did you start with? Um, so I think a lot of people, you know, again, like I mentioned earlier, society kind of tells us like, and it's all, you guys, it's so much of it is, I'm not like a crazy conspiracy, conspiracy theorist, but so much of it is money driven, right? As new parents, we're so emotional, I'll say to be the first one to say that I am right when it comes to my kid, I want to do whatever's going to be best for her. And there's a whole industry in that. Like there's no, personally, my thoughts is that there's very few reasons to go and pay for baby food. You have, especially in our kind of world where a lot of us eat very well and like we understand nutrient dense foods. And, and so with my background in nutrition, I'm not going to go pay someone for a jar of food that they've that first off was probably picked a long time ago. And then like the nutrient density of that food is, is diminished every minute that it, after it's been picked, if it's not immediately frozen. So I'd rather take food that I buy locally and then I prepare myself. Like I'm just like, I'm going to cook it for myself and then give it to her. Um, so my point being is that don't let society or marketing make you feel like you are not capable of feeding your child yourself. You don't have to pay for expensive baby food. You can feed them the things that you have in your refrigerator that you imagine if you're like trying to feed yourself as nutrient dense as possible. Like that's the things that you feed your kid, right? So, um, just it's like, I guess believe in yourself is what I want to say, but that sounds so cheesy. Um, so that's that. Okay. Next question. Um, this one, this uh, mama says, I'm curious about why purees. I've noticed it in many of those I follow. So I'm just curious what led to that choice. So I don't do purees. I've tried two and mostly I tried purees because I had breast milk that was defrosted that I wanted to use. And so I figured I would make a puree with it and she just wasn't into it. Um, I think purees because some babies have a lot of issues with texture and so they maybe have a hard time or there's like a maybe extra gagging or, um, parents are a little bit afraid of the gagging, but the reality is the gag reflex is something that you, the gag reflex, not reflux is something that you want your baby to do because what's happening is they're learning textures. They're learning how to swallow. They're learning how foods react or, or feel in their mouth. Um, and I'll share this. Evie actually threw up for the first time tonight. I was eat, she had finished her like squash, coconut oil, whatever stuff. And I was still eating. She was kind of reaching for my plate. So I was giving her little bits and little bits and I gave her a piece of arugula. Um, and she sucked on it for a while and she, she swallowed that one. And then I gave her another one. And so she sucked on it for a while and then she swallowed it, but it's kind of, you know, they're like a weird, it's, it's a weird texture and it was just new to her. And it kind of like, it kind of like tickled the back of her throat. And so she gagged and she gagged and she gagged. And I was, you know, just kind of telling her like, I know it's kind of uncomfortable. Good job. Like telling her good job because it's, you know, that's something new to them. Um, and she ended up just throwing up a little bit and it was just like a little bit of what she had just eaten. And it's because she was gagging so much that then it like, so for me, that's not scary for me. That's showing me that my kid is so capable of 
saving herself. <laughs> and I am too, like I'm certified and all that. I, I feel comfortable and confident that I would could help her if she did choke a little bit. But, um, I knew that it was arugula. Like that's not something that's going to block the airway. It just tickled in like it tickled the back of her throat. And it's just kind of like strengthening her gag reflex. So in the future, if she does pop something in her mouth that she could potentially choke on, I see it as her strengthening her reflex to get that thing out herself. Um, so she threw up just a little bit and it was like a little bit of breast milk and, and she was kind of like a little annoyed by that (laughs) and she got a little fussy. I pulled her. And so I was like, great job. I pulled her out of the thing and just, and then I brought her over and we went and sat down at the table and I finished my dinner and she sat on my lap and I kind of waited. And then at first she was showing no interest in my plate anymore. And then she kind of looked over and I gave her a little bit of cauliflower rice and she ate that. So I was happy to see that she reached for food again, that it didn't like traumatize her and she was fine, you know? And so I think, um, also how we react helps them know how to react. Um, like saying great, great work or whatever. Um, instead of like freaking out a little bit, cause that might scare her more. So that's just kind of how I, um, handle that specific situation. So hopefully that helps a little bit. I know for some parents, PRAs, PRAs are just, they're safer in, in terms of not necessarily, they're not necessarily safer, but they're viewed as safer because it's a PRA. So there's no choking potential. Um, and so, um, but it's also important to get lots of different textures in because if you, if babies just eat purees and I know in some situations that's all that is possible, but if possible, it's nice to add in other textures and shapes and sizes and flavors because, um, it helps them to not be so picky later on. Um, uh, so this mom asked about fermented cod liver oil. Um, she takes it and she's given it to her eight and a half month old, but should she? Um, is it enough to, if I just take it? So I don't know the nuances and the science behind that. Actually, Megan Garcia would be a great person to ask. And um, we are having her back on soon to talk about herbs. But um, listen back to that episode. I think we talked about fermented cod liver oil. I give Evie um, a extra virgin just because that's what I take. And so probably once a week, I just cut the tip of the pill off and let her suck it out. And she really likes the taste of it. So I can't answer that with full certainty. Um, I've taken fermented in the past. I don't really have a reason why I switched. Um, I just, for some reason, I like the concept because oils are so, this is totally just my brain processing things, but I see fats, especially like those, um, omega threes as being very fragile. And so for me, I'd rather just have something that's like extra virgin, minimally processed, um, for myself and for her. Um, so I don't know an answer for that. Megan would be a great person to reach out to, and I will link to her information in the uh, show notes. But I know a lot of people take fermented cod liver oil and swear by it, and I know they've seen incredible health benefits from it. Um, You would have to take a whole lot for it to get to you, your baby. So I think at eight and a half months, I think that's a great time to be offering up supplements like that. So the things that I give Evie are, excuse me, I do the, the extra virgin cod liver oil from Rosita. I do the dulse flakes, which isn't really a supplement. I just use that instead of like salting food. Um, it's great source of like iodine and it, it's really good for her. Um, and then I do, uh, the Corganic infant probiotic powder. I do the Claire labs, um, prebiotic and I do that vitamin C powder. And all of those can be found, um, in my baby essentials post, <clears throat> as well as like all the things that I've used, like her seat and her little sippy cup thing and all the things that I've used for her. Um, when it comes to these first foods. So that's my answer there. Um, this mom also said that crowd is her little one's favorite, which I just love. 
And this is a great question. So I'm not sure if this is relevant, but if you or your hubby have any food allergies, can you talk about how you're introducing high allergen foods, eggs, nuts, etc.? I've got an eight-week-old, and my husband has lots of food allergies and sensitivities. I'm currently eating those foods. I have no food allergies. So the so she gets exposed via breast milk. But just wondering when it comes time for solids, do I introduce early? Um, I was eating some gluten. So I've always, I've had a, I have an intolerance to gluten. And those of you who follow me saw that I was eating a lot of it. I was making my own sourdough. And I have yet to kind of post this on social media or anything because it just ha- it hasn't been on my mind. But I had to stop because it was creating some issues for me. So... But I am glad that I went through a span where I was eating a little bit of gluten like every other day probably for a few weeks because she was getting a lot of that through my breast milk. Personally, I don't think that we're going to introduce grains until she's a year. And even then, we're going to do um, probably fermented or um, sprouted or whatever. I just don't... uh, Grains are an interesting one because I know there's a lot of sensitivity and stuff, but also they're just not really that nutrient-dense and I'm just not... I don't feel like they're necessary. Um, but in terms of the other things like dairy, we introduced at about seven months. Um, we started with, I started with a sheep's milk yogurt and then, um, we did some raw milk cow cheese. Actually at my friend Kelsey's, I've got this great picture of her eating that for the first time. She loved it. And then some goat cheese. Um, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I'm not being that, uh, cautious maybe as like I don't like the word should I just this is what I feel like I'm gonna do so she's had some tahini in my uh my crack sauce um some cashew butter and not like I guess it's been kind of good that I've just given her like a little bit like I just like scraped my finger on the plate like going for a little bit of goat cheese and avocado and those things had that dressing on there so she got a little bit of that um I don't I don't know about early I would probably wait till at least six months um and go from there and just do definitely like one thing at a time. I know egg whites are something we're going to wait a while for because those it's another high allergy food. And she actually, she threw up a little bit when I first gave her egg yolk, but I gave her quite a bit and then like laid her on her belly. And I think it's just kind of rich and she's had it since and been totally fine. So I just say my big thing would be do one thing at a time. I think it's great that you're eating those things um, on occasion and she's get she is getting introduced to that through your breast milk. And it's probably a very good sign that she's not having reactions um, after nursing. And then also some, I know some mamas will like put a little bit on their skin and see how that, um, if they respond at all to that, that's a good kind of like segue in if you, if you suspect that there might be an allergy. So those are my th- thoughts there. Again, Megan's a great resource. I'm just going to keep saying that cause I'm not, I'm not an expert. I'm just doing again, what I feel is like is best for my kid. Um, and I think that's it, you guys. I, I mean, overall, I feel like I answered, there's a bunch, there's more, but I, it's kind of repetitive and I feel like I've answered, them for the most part. Um, so I'm just going to leave it there. And if you have more questions, you can always direct message me. Um, I'll keep posting as I go. I think the last thing that I have not answered actually is, um, a schedule and we're not on any sort of schedule with nursing or with, uh, first foods. So honestly, if there's days when I'm super, she's still primarily breastfed. So if there's days where I'm really like stomped for time, I won't do any, anything, um, intentional. If she gets food, it's because she's taking it off my plate Um, because I know she's getting everything she needs from breast milk. And so I feel very confident in that. Um, And in terms of breastfeeding, it's the same kind of thing. Like she can go three hours if she needs to pretty easily during the day. But also I just kind of pay attention to her cues and I nurse her on demand. But for me personally, it hasn't, it's, it's working. So if I ever got to the point where I was feeling like drained or like 
I couldn't have my own life or like if there was ever any animosity, maybe I would start to reconsider. But at this point it's been, we have a, we have a great relationship with nursing and I, I love nursing her and it's not like I'm just nursing her 24 <laughs> seven. Um, she's pretty flexible too. So like if I know I have to be somewhere, I'll, I'll nurse her for as long as possible and then I'll leave and, and she'll be fine. So she's not very demanding. Sometimes I offer it because I'm like, it's been a while. So that's just our personal relationship. I I'm not, we're not on any sort of nursing schedule where we are on a bit of an, of a sleep schedule. So we'll talk about that in an upcoming episode, but, um, we're not on a nursing schedule and I'm also not on a first food schedule. So I don't feed her at the same time every day. Um, I honestly, you guys, I do it when it's convenient for me. I work from home and I'm really busy and she's cool with it. So that's what we're doing. Um, I don't, sometimes I think that we overthink things. And so I'm just kind of, I'm just rolling with it and enjoying the process. Um, and so is she, and I'm a big believer. And if it's not broke, don't fix it. So this is what's working really well for us. And if at any point it's not like, for instance, we had no nap schedule for a long time and then it stopped working. She seemed overtired. I need, I realized I needed a couple hours where I knew like two, two naps a day where I knew she was going to be going down and we've all benefited from that. So, um, I just, I believe that if things are working, roll with it. And if it's not, then you seek out change. Um, and more than anything else is just trusting your gut. Like you are a wonderful parent or, or going to be parent or whatever, you know, caregiver, lover, whatever you are. Um, and no one knows your, your child better than you do. So that's one thing to hold on to is that we are innately designed to, care for our little ones and to know what's best for them to know better than anybody else. And so I think that's one thing that I just think about daily and that I'm grateful for. Um, and so I'll leave it there. Anyways, if you guys have more questions, you know where to find us. You can email us at modern, yes, modern mom's podcast at gmail.com. I'm Laura.radicalroots on Instagram. Jess is Jess.holdthespace. Stay tuned next week for another awesome episode. We are so, so, so grateful for you guys. And, um, I just, we look forward to recording every single episode and we're so grateful for the tribe that we have here and you guys are awesome. So stay wonderful and enjoy your week. Thanks guys. Hey guys, Jess here. Just wanted to give you the heads up on a great deal that we don't want you to miss out on. Laura and I have recently teamed up with our friends at ButcherBox to bring you an amazing offer on premium grass-fed, hormone, and antibiotic-free meats delivered right to your door. We've absolutely been loving the opportunity to put together our own custom boxes of the highest quality beef, pork, and chicken. And we definitely don't want you guys to miss out on the chance to try it too. Right now, if you visit butcherbox.com forward slash modern mamas, you get the chance to get $10 off of your first box plus two free 10-ounce grass-fed ribeyes. You definitely don't want to miss out on this deal, friends, so get on it.